How to Rank Outside Counsel by Corporate Legal Departments with Above the Law's Brian Dalton. I'm Lawrence Clady, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to rank the best outside counsel by corporate legal departments. But before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor, NBI. And of course, that's short for the National Business Institute. Taught by experienced practitioners, NBI provides practical, skill-based CLE sources attorneys have trusted for more than 35 years. Discover what NBI has to offer at nbi sems.com. That's nbi meaning the minus sign, SEMS.com. All right. Thank you for joining us, Brian. I'm looking forward to our discussion today, but uh, before we do that, how are you? I'm okay, Lawrence, all things considered. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. There. Everything's going fine over here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I saw your, uh, I saw your uh, rankings here and mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things, there's a lot of COVID-19 coverage and we've been doing uh, sure. sort of these uh, industry studies and trying to figure out where the industry is, the legal, mm-hmm. pro- meeting the legal profession. But uh, your, um, your report just rang out to me and I thought, you know, I need to ask you about this because, uh, you know, this new cycle dominated by, um, you know, protests and riots, mm-hmm. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a story that might help us uh, get our legal profession here back on track. But um, you all uh, put this together in conjunction with Lake Willens. Is that correct? That is correct. Lake Willens has been working with us on this project since it, its, its inception three years ago. Okay. Well, tell us the uh, tell us the origin story behind that. Why did you all decide to work together on this? Well, um, as for why we put this together, um, I would I guess I would point to two basic factors. First, from the perspective of a publisher serving an attorney audience, uh, we understand that probably no other profession or industry has the affinity lawyers have for rankings and ratings and lists of all kinds. And, And the underlying reasons for that trait might serve as a sort of extended discussion topic in and of itself, but short version Lawyers, that is to say the the above-the-law audience, love lists. So secondly, um, (laughs) our experience has also taught us that, um, you know, our broader audience has a seemingly bottomless appetite for insight into the thoughts and perspective of in-house lawyers. You know, GCs and in-house counsel, after all, are, you know, the keys to the law firm business model. You know, to simplify things, uh, they dictate client engagements. So basically, we thought it would be fun to see what corporate legal departments had to tell us about specific law firms. You know, it seems that asking your clients what they think of you is something that, you know, every law firm should engage in. And it also seemed to us that looking at what clients say about law firms is something that other clients would be interested in. Um, And I think our premises have been borne out. Uh, This is our third year running this outside council ranking, and it's proven to be one of the most popular stories we publish annually. Well, you're kind of hinting at it, Brian, but, uh, you know, what effectively do these rankings mean? I mean, what are you measuring here? Well, okay. Well, just to take a little bit of a step back, I I, I like to think we're sort of properly modest about the, you know, the meaning of any ranking. I mean, there's a slew of rankings and ratings features concerning lawyers and law firms, and they focus on everything from, you know, prestige to supposed profits for partner. And, you know, we don't think that, you know, any ranking or rating should be granted too much weight in decision-making or, or substitute for an individual's own considered opinion. 
you know, this, these are just, this is just one more piece of information in the marketplace. In the case of our outside council rankings, the meaning is that our significant respondent group of in-house lawyers has identified these firms as delivering the most distinguished work. And then sort of like on a, maybe a different level, these rankings also demonstrate that um, not all client engagements are created equal. And sort of to explain what I mean there, maybe I should talk a little bit about our methodology. Oh, well, that's uh, that's a, a prompt point there, because that's what I was going to ask you next, because I think okay. just the simplicity of it, uh, you know, you and I were talking a little bit about this yeah. on the pregame, but the simplicity is what's uh, pretty striking about it. But uh, yeah, let's go through the methodology, because I think that'll sure. help plug in some of the meaning as to what these rankings really mean. Okay. So as you suggested, our, our survey was direct. We asked counsel two simple questions. One, which law firms does your company engage for legal services? And then, of course, indicate those, their outside counsel, their identities. And two, please indicate the highest level legal work for which your company will engage the particular firm. And now these levels kind of can be construed as a sort of a spectrum of different leveling values of work along kind of a four-point scale. At the low end, there's what we call cost-efficient bulk tasks. And then moving towards higher value, we have something that we call routine matters. Next up is something we call high-value complex matters. And then finally, at the far end of the value spectrum, the, you know, we have the proverbial bet the company matters. And so after the respondent indicates which firms their company engages in, then they share with us what the highest level of that range of uh, categories, what's the highest level work they would engage that particular firm for. So obviously, you know, this is kind of a blunt instrument question. And because of the, the blunt nature of it, we felt like the resultant ratings really didn't lend themselves to the, you know, for the purposes of an ordinal ranking where we'd have a number one and number two and number three, making these really fine distinctions. So we just grouped the firms into tiers. Our first and second tiers comprise the 75 firms with the highest mean ratings based on the scale. We've expanded the second tier for 2020. In the past, it's been 25 firms and it was 50 firms this year, just because we're getting, as we go along, we're getting more and more data to draw upon. And then only firms is an important note as well. Only firms with a minimum threshold number of ratings. Um, we do an adjustment for firm size. We're eligible for inclusion. Well, yeah, explain that part to me because it seems like the uh, it seems like you're giving preferential rating to firms that are hired for a complex matter or you know bet the company moment. But I mean, is that the best way to measure satisfaction with your outside counsel? I mean, there's some places I would imagine it's like, hey, everything's under control. There's no fires. We're good to go, and I'm very yeah. satisfied with our law firm. So, what was the justification behind uh, doing those higher rankings for those uh, more complex matters? I, I think that, that that's a fair question um, because uh, obviously nobody wants to be engaged in bet the company um, <laughs> type right. of situations as a matter of course, but we're also very interested to know who you're going to call if that day comes. And so that's the sort of, so when you say, is that the best way? Of course, it's not the best way, but it's a way. And that's the way we chose to organize this particular feature. Well, well, let's go back into that minimal threshold. What was that? So you set that and what was the reasoning behind that? We just didn't think it was 
fair to include a firm or exclude a firm just based on an insufficiently large sample size. And, you know, I, please don't make me uh, go into the formula, but we, we just had a, uh, you know, a statistical threshold where, um, you know, X number of responses then made the firm eligible for inclusion. Okay, and so th- this uh, this inclusion, there, there were a lot of organizations and people that uh, participated in. And before we get to some of the results, I just wanted to, you guys, I mean, it was pretty wide sweeping. It, you, there was quite a few people contacted. So can you tell us about the kinds of firms and GCs and in-house sure. counsel and, and everybody that participated in it? Because I think that's pretty impressive. Well, it's, it, it ran the gamut from small and medium-sized private companies but it probably tilted, um, a, it did tilt a little bit towards larger public corporations. And in the end, we had a, roughly a thousand in-house lawyers um, representing not quite 500 companies um, and somewhere north of 40 cities. Um, so we felt like we had a pretty robust set of evaluations of companies outside law firms. Okay, well, let's get to it because I don't want all this lead up there, Brian, and we... Uh... <laughs> We don't give anybody yeah. the results of your study, but uh, what were some of the key results, some of the big walkaways that you all looked at? Like, wow, that's that's pretty interesting. So just tell us some of the results. Well, if I could, um, I'd like to sort of make another kind of methodological point first, not sure. to be a bore on this subject, because <laughs> to us, the high level, quote, key finding kind of stemmed out of our these conversations we had with in-house lawyers before we even fielded our first survey back in 2017, which feels like about 500 years ago now, but you know, we spoke on background to a bunch of in-house lawyers, anyone who would talk to us about how they really think about their outside law firms and what there was a common theme that we seized on. And that was this idea that there are different categories of work. And the idea is that particularly with the larger corporate legal departments, there's this pecking order. It's not formally codified, but it was sort of understood you know, by all. And so that's how those conversations we translated into that sort of four point scale for the various categories of work. Okay. Well, let's drive it home. So the results of your rankings and surveys and all the questions and all the recommendations, I'm a company out there and I'm looking at Brian Dalton to maybe perhaps pick one of these companies. Explain to me the results that I'm going to see. Okay, well, I, I, I'll point you to, cause we, we, we publish in sort of two phases. We do an overall outside council ranking, and then we followed up with what I think is the the more interesting feature, which is a look at outside council ratings by industry. So we've compiled rankings and we can segment our data based on the self-identified industry of our respondents. And the seven categories are consumer products, telecom, energy, media, life sciences, finance, and technology. Now, 17 firms appear on more than one of our these industry lists and three firms show up on three or more and those three firms are Kirkland Latham and Gibson Dunn and Gibson Dunn really needs to if anybody won this thing this year it's Gibson Dunn they are on five different industry lists energy defense healthcare consumer products and media so one you know one of the reasons that lawyers love lists and people love rankings and lists is that they name names. And this year, Gibson Dunn showed some really impressive range in the way that it's 
clients across different specialties, you know, cited them for their great work. So it sounds like you're saying, Brian, is that, you know, if someone's using this list to maybe shop around for outside counsel, I mean, it would behoove them to maybe look at, so you've got a tier one ranking, got a tier two ranking, but you also have cross industry ranking here as well. And so Mm -hmm. if you're shopping around, you probably want to, uh, look around and see the names that are on the list the most often because they've got the flexibility and of course the chops to you know get a wide variety of tasks done. So perhaps that's the firm you want to go to. Is that, is that a decent conclusion based on what you're saying here? It's, it's, it's a possible conclusion, but I would caution again, um, putting too much stock into a list, into any sort of decision-making process. This is just one piece of information, but our survey data is telling us that Gibson Dunn, to cite one example, and this is the example that really pops for us this year, Gibson Dunn is beloved by its clients across a broad range of practices. All right. Well, there you go. Gibson done. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Brian. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we'll cite and make available our sources for this episode on our website, legaltalknetwork.com, including Brian's article and the link to their ranking system. So you can make better choices choosing some of your outside counsel. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 